and we missed the internet boom. We missed the dot-com bubble. Most of us just knew about Facebook when we signed up for it, but the whole process of actually building those protocols from the start where people invested in the Facebook, we didn't even, we were not at that table. We we're not even in those conversations. And so for us, or for me now, it was more of like, how do we get that first moves advantage where the new technology isn't something we shy away from, but we embrace because we know that this can actually lead to so much advantages for us. Welcome to So Ambitious, a podcast series about what's possible when Black and Latinx founders can build uninterrupted. I'm your host, Felicia Hatcher. I'm an author, an entrepreneur, an investor, and a mom. I'm also the CEO of Black Ambition, a nonprofit initiative founded by the Pharrell Williams, working to close the opportunity and wealth gap for Black and Latinx communities through entrepreneurship. It's 2021, two days before Christmas in Nairobi, Kenya, and today's guest, Eche Imole, wakes up suddenly in the middle of the night. I'm pacing the room for like an hour, um, and I just not been able to sleep, but I knew, I didn't know what it was because it was an anxiety, but it was also an anxiety that felt like it was a solution, but I just, I needed to piece it together. Eche had been wrestling with a set of problems for almost a year now. So when an answer finally emerged, he knew it wasn't something to brush aside. All the pacing had woken his partner, Chica, up too. And then I remember um, Chica was like, hey, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, hey, I know how I would look at someone who's about to tell you what I'm about to tell you. But like, I think we need to start a new country. You heard that right. A new country. Today, people are connected more than ever before. Thanks to the influx of social media and new technologies like Web3, online users feel empowered to create digital spaces that allow them to grow and thrive in ways that extend beyond the physical world. These new technologies create an opportunity to build communities that not only shift the ways we communicate, but also address real life concerns like systemic racism. Today, we're joined by someone who believes that Web3 is for the people. And with the right amount of ambition, new worlds are possible. Eche Amole, along with his partner, Chika Iwazi, is the founder of Afropolitan, a digital nation that will enable all Africans in the diaspora to build an abundant life. What once started off as an events and experience organization, Afropolitan has become something much bigger. But before we get all into that, Let's start at the beginning for Eche. Yeah, so I was born in Enugu, Nigeria. My dad's dad was like a minister of finance and land. My mom's dad, or like basically my grandpa, was basically like a very huge businessman, actually one of the richest people in his area. But there was always a certain sort of like ambition, like you always have to, have to keep on going. If you're from a Nigerian immigrant family, like one degree is not enough, it's two degrees. It's th- I had to get three just to be able to be myself in this world, right? So... Like it, the tone was set very early. I think I was like 10 when um, I came rushing back home because I, I was second overall out of a class of 300. And I run up to my grandma and, she, and I'm like, hey, I have my report card. I was just second out of 300. And she just deadpans me. And it was, they're like, she was like, did the person who come first have two heads? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> grandma, don't play. You know, this reminds me of an episode in Scandal where Olivia Pope and her dad, Papa Pope, were having a conversation. 
And he went on in this really interesting monologue that closed with talking to her about how she had to be twice as good. And it just reminds me of like so many of us as kids were constantly told that. And so we collect all of these degrees and accomplishments. And oftentimes we end up living lives for everyone else but ourselves because we want to play it safe. But I want to leave you with this. We're told that we have to be twice as good because we actually are twice as good. And once we realize that, it really starts to unlock what's possible when we start living life for ourselves. And so around the age of 15, Eche left Nigeria and headed to the Bay Area. Around 2016, when it was time for him to enter college, his family of lawyers not only encouraged, but expected him to follow in similar footsteps. So when it was time to pick a major, guess what he studied? You guessed it, law. So my dad is a lawyer, family is lawyers, cousins are lawyers, my brother is a lawyer, my aunt is a federal judge. It, it was interesting. I started off with the law, everybody expected me to be a lawyer. And then eventually, after going to law school, I think first year of law school, I was like, yeah, this ain't for me, man. I couldn't relate. There was a lot of like precedents and tradition. And I'm like, look, we need more. I mean, we just can't, like you're telling me that I can't do something because an old white man in the 1800s said so. It's not going to work for me. Years ago, I ended up in very cold Minnesota as a Florida girl uh, with a job that most people would have begged for at the age of like 23 or 24, which was as a director of marketing for the Minnesota Timberwolves and specifically the Minnesota Lynx WNBA team in Minnesota. And I often tell people a good paying job will stand in the way of you achieving your dreams just as much as a bad paying job. It's kind of what people call like your golden handcuffs. But I think you can quickly realize in the tension of your body or the conflict that you have or like just the sense that you're not playing it full out or leaving it on the court, that that is not the career path for you if you're radically honest with yourself. It was around this time that Eche met fellow Nigerian Alubenge Agbula, the co-founder of Flutterwave, Africa's leading payment technology company. And we went hiking. And on the hike, he's talking with an investor and they're just talking about like, you know, startups and businesses. But the way they were talking about it, it wasn't like braggadocious. It was just like matter of fact. And I was just like, whoa, I got to be like a fly in the wall for this whole four hour hiking journey. And by the time I came down, I was like, look, I want to play in this arena. Whatever arena these guys are talking about, that's where I want to be. They felt so alive. So the career for me that made me feel most alive wasn't actually working for someone else. It was working for myself. And I never forget when my husband and I started Black Tech Week, it was the first time where, you know, when people make that cliche that you've worked for, you know, 10 hour days and it only felt like two, that was it for me. And so for for many of us, it's gaining the clarity because a chaotic mind will make either poor choices or no choices at all about what they should be doing. And getting to what your actual zone of genius is, the thing that absolutely sets your soul on fire, that excites you, that you do better than anyone else. And when you really step boldly into your zone of genius, that's from a career standpoint, that's when things really start to take off for you because you're serving people and serving yourself and your family and your community at the highest level. And so while still studying law, Eche began curating parties, lots of parties. 
They centered around Afrobeats, a Nigerian music genre that involves a combination of West African musical styles and American funk, jazz, and soul influences. He started to build a reputation for creating these really amazing experiences for Afrobeat lovers in the Bay. So when a new nightlife venue opened, the owner gave Eche a call. He offered his new space for Eche to continue these parties on a weekly basis. I remember just being in my group chat like, hey guys, we have this opportunity. We had, up until then, we had never had Afrobeats weekly. Like now you go to parties, everyone's playing Afrobeats. But where when I first went to the States, bro, like, people who were born in Africa did not want to claim that word from Africa. Like it was just one of those like weird identity loop issues. But then as time progressed, whether it was with the music or with the culture or with the movies, you now start to see people be proud of that. With the parties happening more frequently, Eche decided it was time to really start figuring out his branding. First, he needed a name. And so the idea was like, well, we're such a sort of in a cosmopolitan area, which is Bay Area, Silicon Valley. But if you put Afro on Neapolitan, then you have Afropolitan, right? And I think for me, it was like, what what would that represent? Which was, it represented like the best of us. Like, you're, you're forward thinking, you're progressive, you're, um, you're, you're tech forward too. Like you just want the best at all times. And it's an excellence that you're aspiring to. By 2019, Eje had graduated law school and turned his attention to Afropolitan full time. Their parties were gaining popularity all around the Bay Area and he had secured some brand sponsors. African music and culture were also growing in popularity around the states and the world. The year before, the Black Panther film released, ushering in a new wave of cultural pan-Africanism. Then, the Guyanan government announced the year of the return, a sort of birthright journey inviting descendants of Africa to the country to mark 400 years since the start of the transatlantic slave trade. Thousands and thousands of people from around the world were expected to travel to Ghana for it. To Eche, this is what Afropolitan was all about. It was an opportunity and he grasped it. He quickly got to work organizing highly curated travel groups, excursions, and events to connect people during the year of the return. In the end, he brought together 10,000 people. It was a signal that something bigger was possible. About a million plus people came to Ghana that year. Um, and then I think it generated about $2 billion worth of economic activity that year. It was a huge watershed moment because the diaspora basically came home. Because in that year of return, I saw what was possible for Wakanda to actually exist, where abundance, like people who had more than enough, felt like sharing, like, you know, bring coming together. And people came from all across the world, right? And I was like, look, I want to live in that. I want to build with people like that. I want to be with people who have an abundant mindset and how we can even bring our other people out of poverty as well. Feeling motivated and inspired, Eche continued his plan to expand Afropolitan. That was until... Now to growing concerns about the deadly coronavirus officially hitting the U.S. Here's what we know. Tonight, with the U.S. now leading the world in the highest number of people testing positive for coronavirus. The breaking news, stay at home. That is the order tonight as the coronavirus pandemic spreads. COVID decimates the entire in real life events industry. Um, and so the question then was, what does a pivot look like for us? And so we pivoted into media. Um, we did that through a social audio app called Clubhouse. Eche used a platform provided by Clubhouse to speak with his community on a range of topics, from business and career chats to dating experiences and even larger scale conversations like state of the affairs. 
During the pandemic, many online users turned to Clubhouse as a way to expand their social media influence, and Eche quickly became one of those users. I and my co-founder, Chica, we, we've built communities on there of about 200,000 plus people collectively, right? And so we basically got to see what it looked like for the diaspora to basically go on land and then also come online when land wasn't necessarily possible for us to gather, right? While building his social media presence, Eche was also doing some personal reflection. He knew he didn't enjoy time in law school and had no real motivation to become a lawyer after graduating. So once COVID hit, Eche hoped the quiet and stillness could provide him the space to consider what really mattered to him. 2020 happens and then George Floyd, um, the incident happened with George Floyd right, where he, he, he basically got killed, right? And I just remember just thinking like, damn, like in the middle of a pandemic, first ever pandemic in my generation's time, racism still doesn't take a pause. Like there's a whole pandemic where people are dying and racism is still saying, I still got time for y'all. Like, I don't, I don't get that. And then that was one. And then over in Africa, you had um, the NSARS protest that happened in Nigeria, which is also a police brutality protest, where for the first two weeks, the young people were the ones leading this challenge. And then the government at some point basically ended up sending the army out there and shooting and killing people. And this was one of the best and brightest of our generation. Black people in general, we're just stuck in a loop, right? And as someone who I feel like I'm a time traveler, I go to... The U.S., I see how we're treated as second-class citizens or just subjects, right? I come over to Africa, even if we're not, even if we have better citizenship, the corruption and the ineffectiveness of our nation states is just terrible, right? And so I'm like, yo, where can Black people truly be free? Where can Black people actually be free? And that's a question that we ask our founders with Black ambition. How can they be free? And first, they need to be free in their mind. And so we ask them this question, who are you uninterrupted? Like if nothing stood in the way of you achieving your success, what would your life look like? What would your business look like? What would your community look like? What would the world look like as a result of the work that you're doing today and the work that you will do tomorrow? And then going out and building that. So where can Black people be free? In their mind first, and then through entrepreneurship. Like many folks during the pandemic, Eche found himself reflecting deeply on what he wanted to spend his life doing. In 2021, I was flat almost the whole year. Like I could tell, and I could tell when I did like a self-diagnosis, because that's when I went into full therapy, right? I was like, oh, you, you don't know what your purpose is. And you thought you had found your purpose like prior to COVID, but then COVID really showed you like, oh, there's a lot of, because it's very easy to confuse professional development with personal development, right? And I think I've come to understand that those two things can be mutually exclusive. You can't grow professionally until you fix some shit personally. And vice versa, right? And I think for me, it was, oh, I need to know what my purpose is. And so Eche spent more time considering what his purpose could be. He knew the popularity that he and Chica built on Clubhouse was influential and something Afropolitan could benefit from once the world opened up again. And they could continue bringing people together in person. Eche was still marinating on all those thoughts when a few months later, while he and Chica were traveling in Dakar, Senegal, he came across an article. Balaji Srinivasan, he's the former CTO of Coinbase. He drops this article called How to Start a New Country. And in the article, he um, proposes this idea of a network state, which is a country that starts off first as an online community, but materializes in the physical after reaching critical mass. 
it was out there, right? And we're like, hmm, like I wonder how that would work. What are the steps that we would take to get there to even make this even possible? But there was a particular quote in the article that really stuck with me personally, where he says, "Because the brand new is unthinkable, we fight over the old." And I think he encapsulated how I've been feeling for the last year, especially from the pandemic, which was. We were all forced to sit with our choices, like globally. And I was so,、uh, forced to sit with my choices. I was living in San Francisco. I remember just waking up. I'm like, did I even like living in San? Do I even like being here? So Tony Robinson famously said, "The quality of your questions determine the quality of your life." And if you want a bigger, richer, more expansive life, then you have to ask yourself bigger and more expensive questions. And so Edge spent the rest of the year contemplating on these questions. Big questions: Where can Black people be free? What is my life's purpose? He was so consumed by those questions that they literally kept him up at night until December twenty third, twenty twenty one, when he jumped out the bed in the wee hours of the morning with an idea. And I was like, "Well, we've started new companies on the internet. We've started new currencies on the internet. Is it possible to start a new country on the internet?" And so the internet has allowed us to transcend a lot of the roadblocks that existed in the physical realm, right? And so for us now, it's saying, okay, how do we leverage that to then build this first ever internet country? And she's like, wait, what? Like Pharrell says often, I look at and care about what doesn't exist, and I work towards creating that. For Eche, sharing his idea with his partner Chica was a critical moment. He had already deviated away from his family's expectation of him becoming a lawyer, and had been wondering what he should become instead. For him, just sharing this idea aloud was a critical step. And then, honestly, I think what happened was after I said it to her, I paced the room that long because I value her opinion so much. That if she had shut that shit down, it would have crushed me because I would know that, like, damn, if I can't convince this one person, how am I supposed to go convince other people about it? But Chica didn't take much convincing. She loved it. So at the crack of dawn on vacation, they started researching some guys who've attempted something as big as building a country in the past. America's founding fathers. She did、um, research about the Federalist Papers from the American founding fathers, right? Where Alexander Hamilton basically. Back in those days, they needed to convince the American public as to why America needed to be a thing. So they would publish these Federalist Papers, basically like articles, like whether it was weekly or monthly. And in Federalist One, there was a particular quote where he says, "It has been frequently remarked that it seems to have been reserved to the people of this country, by their conduct and example, to decide the important question whether societies of men are really capable or not." Of establishing good government from reflection and choice, or whether they are forever destined to depend for their political constitutions on accident and force. And so, for us, that became our calling card, which was: wait, no modern-day African nation-state was created or formed by reflection and choice. It's always been through accident and force. And what would it look like if we can get the best of us to really sit down, choose, and reflect, and build a community around that? Because before the state comes a nation, and the nation is the community first that has a shared identity and shared consciousness. Eche and Chica felt inspired and motivated as they began imagining an African nation that was built with intention and purpose. But what's a new nation without citizens? The idea isn't to say that. This country is you're automatically part of this country because you are you have black 
skin is to say you're, you're part of this country if you have shared values and purpose, right? And those shared values and purpose are laid out in our manifesto, laid out in like a constitution that's going to be created so that you know you're opting in and saying, hey, I identify with what you guys believe. I identify with what you guys are about. And I would love to be a part of this. And being a part of this isn't just to say, hey, I'm just a spectator. You're expected to contribute and be a builder. With Chica on board, Eche was ready to explore what it would take to bring this country to life. Now, to build an internet country, one can imagine that you would need to know quite a bit about the internet and technology. And having little experience with new technology, Eche wasn't sure where he needed to begin. I remember there was a tweet that I came across on Twitter where the guy tweets, what are the smartest people you know working on during the weekends? And I was just like, damn, like other the smart people I know, like these are whether it's software engineers or whoever are talking about this Web3 thing. So about this Web3 thing, you've probably heard of it, but you may have no idea what it actually means. And it's an important aspect to Afropolitan and this digital nation. So let's break it down and start from the very beginning. Web 1.0 refers to phase one of the internet, where people could simply view most static sites online. Think the earliest online blogs and sites that were read only. Web 2.0 refers to the internet as we know it today. It's a place for two-way exchange, email, social media, or the comment section on a news article. Now, Web 3 is a term some technologists have given to the idea of the next phase of the internet. It is still evolving and being defined, but the basic principles include this idea of decentralization, meaning that ownership of content and data are moved away from the big tech giants or any centralized authority and into the hands of users like you and like me. And Web3 easily integrates with the blockchain and cryptocurrencies, which evangelists say remove many of the barriers around making and moving money that exists in traditional financial systems. There are tons of resources out there where you can learn more, but basically the internet is experiencing an innovation of sorts. All this was new for Eche and Chica too, but they knew Afropolitan needed to exist in this new Web3 world. We red-pilled our way into Web3. We learned about crypto, NFTs, DAOs. We spent a lot of weekends just literally researching, listening to podcasts, really just informing ourselves, right? Eche learned how these tools could provide more opportunities for advancement for our people and enable Afropolitan to solve some of the problems that exist in physical sovereign nations today. So I'll give you examples, right? So right now, in um, traditional finance, you want to go for a mortgage, you want to go for a credit card, you want to go for a bank, you maybe have to go into a physical bank or do it online. You stand a chance of racism showing up at your door. <laughs> and the reason is, your name might be, be Charlotte. And they're like, okay, cool, so that's like a really nice white name, you're approved. The minute you show up at the bank, and you're black, we're going to need to have a conversation here, right? And so the question then was, how do you then make it in such a way that racism isn't even an issue? It's just a wallet address, right? So you can say, hey, if I sign with my wallet here, my wallet is just a string of numbers, right? All you now need to know is, does this wallet have the sufficient amount? Does it have the reputational history? Does it have the right credit score? And if it has all these metrics, they're approved, you're good to go, Right? So now you start to see how we leverage the internet to bypass some of these systematic racism issues at scale. You might recall the question that Eche spent months in 2021 pondering. Where can Black people be truly free? 
Well, he felt confident that he was closer to finding out. The idea is the internet is that equalizer, right? It's the only place where, as Black people, we're free. We're only free, truly free on the internet, right? And we get to see the power of our culture at scale. And I think for us, it's we should only double down on that, right? Because I don't want to live in a world where I have to rely on the benevolence of anyone to say, hey, are you racist or are you not? And it's not just about building out an internet country. For Eche, he thinks it's crucial for more Black people to become familiar with these new technologies, period. There's a whole other world here. And in that world, as we start to immerse ourselves into it, and as we start to go to these conferences as well, there are not that many Black people there, right? And this is a whole new paradigm shift that's happening again while we're here. And we miss the internet boom. We miss the dot-com bubble. Most of us just knew about Facebook when we signed up for it, but... The whole process of actually building those protocols from the start where people invested in the Facebook, we didn't even, we were not at that table. We're not even in those conversations. And so for us, or for me now, it was more of like, how do we get that first move's advantage where the new technology isn't something we shy away from, but we embrace because we know that this can actually lead to so much advantages for us. And so after mastering this understanding of these new technologies, Eche felt it was time to start sharing his ideas of this digital nation with folks other than his partner, Chica. After my co-founder was like, hey, she loves it. I was like, uh, you're probably biased now, so I can't really trust your judgment. And so now I got to go find somebody else who is literally objective and would tell me this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I reached out to Balaji, who was the first person who published that idea earlier in the year. He was like, yo, this is a good idea. This is actually a way for you to really draw colonial borders. How can I invest? I'm like, invest? <laughs> what you mean invest? Like, this is a fundable idea? And so I remember I was like, okay, cool. I now have Balaji's validation, but I need to go talk to my people, like people I know. So I reached out to a bunch of founders in the ecosystem, and honestly, I just presented it to them, similar to how I presented it to y'all on the thing, and they were like, yo, this is actually something. Like, And then they were like, hey, I'm willing to fund this. And then you got like a lot of people who even funded us were community members themselves, right? And so there's a validation from community people that are like, hey, this is something that you could actually go, like you have the support of people. And throughout the year, it's really been people hearing the vision, loving the audacity of it, loving the ambition of it, and just being like, how can I plug into it? Having other people believe in your vision makes a world of difference. With the additional support of his peers, Eche is even more committed to building out this new digital country. And this is the work that he's committed to for the long term. Honestly, it's something that I know is my life's work now. Like, this is what I'll be doing 30, 40, 50 years from now. Like, no matter in what capacity, it's like, this is it. This is it for me because the, the dream and the vision is very vivid in my head. I know it. I've seen it. I've lived it. And it's just now to really bring it into, into the physical, into real life. What does that world look like when we actually all move from abundance? And I think our one commandment is from scarcity to abundance, right? And for us, is what does it look like to live abundantly and live from a mindset of abundance? And you saw that when we watch Black Panther 1 or even Black Panther 2, there's an abundance, there's a richness of culture, there's the best, you know, that sort of feeling, that, that is what Building Uninterrupted looks like for me. From throwing Afrobeat parties to building an internet country. At face value, Eche's story could sound like the ultimate career switch. But in retrospect, his business has always been about building community. Whether that community was winding to Burner Boy or transacting in crypto over Web3. 
Eche's success thus far has come partly from staying true to himself while also allowing his vision to be flexible. He allowed his passions and curiosities to introduce him to new frontiers. And from there, he became relentless in educating himself, sharing his ideas at various stages of completion, and ultimately getting out there, even as a first mover, in a mostly undefined space. I think the most ambitious moment for Eche and for anyone is betting on ourselves, being extremely true to ourselves, and then finding the resources in order to bring that to life. This is your reminder that you don't need to have it all figured out to get started. So dream audaciously, allow your vision to shift as needed and get out there and build it. On the next episode of So Ambitious, we'll be hearing from Justin Turk and Andre Davis, the founders of Livegistic, a Detroit-based company revolutionizing the construction industry. Nobody was taking us seriously, not to the extent of like, let me hurry up and, and meet with you. I know when are you guys raising? Nobody was asking those questions. We were seeking out people to see if they were interested in what we we're doing, but nobody was at that point seeking out us. That's next time on So Ambitious. To learn more about Afropolitan, check out the show notes. And be sure to subscribe, like, and rate to So Ambitious wherever you're listening right now. So Ambitious is a Black Ambition production brought to you by Heineken and co-produced by Moso House and You Had Me at Black. Our executive producers are Martina Abrahams Ilunga and Ivana Tucker. Samaya Adams is our supervising producer. This episode was produced by Jess Jupiter. Charlotte Morley is our associate producer. Our music is composed by Terrell Brooke. Sapphire Stubbs is our marketing consultant. Special thanks to Moses Shoyola at Other Tone. And Samia Malik, Christine Joseph, and Jermaine Sherman at Black Ambition. I'm your host, Felicia Hatcher. <laughs>